Welcome to Chatterbox Bearcats, everyone, with Chuck and Houdini. This is the only show that goes live on YouTube and breaks down Cincinnati Bearcats' wins or losses after every single game. The only show on the planet. Hop into the chat room post-games, join the community, give us your thoughts, and we will feature you on the air. And if you miss the live show, you're in the right place. The audio podcast drops every single morning wherever you get your audio podcast. How about the Cincinnati Bearcats, baby? 75-72 Bearcats go on the road and take down the 15th-ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders. Here's myself and Houdini breaking it down live on YouTube after the game. We always say it, Houdini. We say, can, can we have one nice night? On a Saturday, when we're in the game every single time, can the Bearcats close one out? And they do. Wes Miller calls a timeout with about four minutes to go, and we saw a Bearcats team that was the hungrier team on the road. They close it out 75-72 as the Bearcats improve to 15-7 overall, 4-5 in the Big 12. And you know what I'm doing right out of the gate, folks. We were planning on doing it against West Virginia. This is so much sweeter. This is a way bigger win than West Virginia was a loss. Cincinnati on the road in Lubbock, Texas. Are we believers, folks? Let me give you a few of these. Batista with the catch! Ha ha! And the slipper still fits. Sivas for three! It's good! Cincinnati, man. How about it? What a Saturday. We're road dogs, Chuck. We are road dogs. I, I think the, the final stat is we are, I think, 4-0 against the spread on the road in the Big 12 and 0-3 at home against the spread. We we love playing on the road. That that's that that's we were born into it. It's like Bane and Batman, man. We we love playing Texas Tech, Kansas. We just saw Kansas blow the doors off of Houston. Everything's in front of us now again. Like like I said on last show, after losing that West Virginia game, very bad loss. You beat Texas Tech, everything is back in front of you, right? And, and they battled, and offensively, they looked they looked fine. Like this was one of the the most efficient offensive nights that we've seen in a long time, which was nice to see. Like some balls going in the damn hoop. Um, defensively, were always there, but uh, that was awesome, man. That was fucking awesome. In Texas Tech, when you think about the Red Raiders, you think of that grinded-out team that's always going to play you tough defensively, that's going to get boards inside. Uh, again, Cincinnati 39 on the glass, Texas Tech 35. I had so much complaints through the first two Wes Miller seasons and really the entire John Brandon era. Really, the entire post-Cronin mortem, everything we've been dealing with, one thing that's been an issue is just being physical with some of the teams in the American. I mean, it was Memphis and it was Houston just consistently dominating the glass. And now it's Cincinnati who continuously takes that stat in every single game this season. One thing I wanted to get to right out of the gate, this will kind of tee it up for you. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white <laughs> Back at it Back again at with it again. the white Jordans. Dan Skillings, man. Tom Crean called him NBA Dan in this one. I think we're going to get into the best of Tom Creenisms in a minute because Tom Crean, man. 
Um, he's like the Tony Romo of collegiate basketball, just talking over his play-by-play broadcaster the entire time. Now, this is what they need to do here. Aziz is going to pop it. It's just like, easy, easy, Tom. He said, you know, he's an NBA player, another best of Tom Crean in this one. Um, Victor Locken looks like he's playing his first basketball game ever. That was a little harsh. He said that. Compared Dede Thomas to Yogi Ferrell, just good stuff throughout from Tom Crean. The best thing he said was Dan Skillings is an NBA-type talent. I agree. Is it time to run this guy 35 minutes a game and stop messing around with this two-big lineup? Absolutely. I think we saw it. We've been saying this from, like, almost day one, that it's very tough to have two bigs in there when one of them has no chance of shooting a three and making it under any circumstance. And I'm not confident in Victor Locke and hitting threes, as we've seen recently. So... Going small and playing uh, skillings at the four is money. It's money. We've seen it. We saw it tonight. And I I don't necessarily think that we need to put skillings in the starting lineup, Chuck. Don't get me wrong. He's clearly one of our best players, but I don't mind him coming off the bench and giving that second unit uh, a little bump up as far as production. Because he is, even when he doesn't perform well, he's attacks the glass like almost nobody else and got to give our shout out to Aziz Bandego because he was an animal on the glass, man. He was fantastic. I think he finished 10 and 10, double, double. That If, if you get 10 and 7 and 8, whatever, from Aziz Bandego, we're winning basketball games. 16 points for Seamus Lukosius to lead the way. Just hit big shot after big shot down the stretch. Four threes in the game, many of them in crunch time. And then what decided the game, a little elbow jumper with about 20 seconds left after Pop Isaacs, who was great, of Texas Tech, knocked down a big-time three. I'm sitting here pounding the table. Actually, for those of you that are going to be listening to this show in the morning, the beer spilled everywhere. I had opened a can, pounded the table really hard. Isaacs got it. And then um, the the beer just spilled everywhere. I was running upstairs, had had the ending on my phone. It was... um, it was a train wreck of an ending for me. For the Bearcats, it was finally not a train wreck. They'd get one down the stretch. Um, Wes Miller with a great inbounds play out of a timeout to make it uh, 61-60 where they got a wide-open layup. Then Newman gets a great look to put the Cats up one with four minutes to go after that. It was a corner three-pointer. Then from there, it was just kind of back-and-forth basketball. Cincinnati gets the last laugh, man. I, I do want to say, though – for all the people that um, – when uh, West didn't call the timeout the other game uh, with, like, 30 seconds left, he did the same thing again. And everyone wants to do the, you know, Monday morning quarterback thing. And he didn't call timeout as well in this scenario. And I actually like the, the process of not calling the timeout, not letting the defense get set up. And it worked out today. So I want to give a little bit of a credit to Wes and not – freaking out over one time that it didn't work out for him and actually letting the game play out. And we got a good look, and CMOS drilled it, and he had a great game. He did have five turnovers. But I just wanted to make sure that – because if he doesn't hit that shot, everyone goes nuts, right? They go, why the hell didn't Wes call the timeout? Yada, yada, yada. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We all know that, and it worked out for us. So get back to your roulette, Chuck. Well, the 16 for Seamus, the 14 for Dan Skillings. Jizzle James had seven off the bench, four off the bench for Jameel Reynolds. That's 25 points of their 75. So a third of Cincinnati's points 
33.33% of their points come off the bench in this game. They shoot 44% from the floor, 7-20 from deep. The starting lineup, you mentioned Bandego, 10-10, Victor Locken, 4-4, Newman, 11-5, Dede Thomas with the 9 points, 4 assists, and 3 rebounds, and then Simas with the 16 points to lead the way. But yeah, the Bearcats roulette, man. We spin the wheel every night. A lot of times we get the losses. We're pulling out our hair asking Wes why he's playing this lineup in that lineup. Today the Bearcat roulette spun and then landed on the black. We said we want black in Lubbock, Texas, and we got the black. Although there were some times where I was questioning some of the lineups. The one that I really like, Day-Day, Jizzle, and we don't see it ever. So I don't know why I like it. I'd like to see it. Let's put it that way. Day-Day, Jizzle, John, Dan, Aziz. Those five. Throw Dan in there at the four. He's just a monster on the glass, game in and game out. And then a little bit less of Victor Locken right now. And I know he's been your best player for the majority of this season. He's had a tough two-week stretch. And until he figures it out, you sit his ass on the pine. You have other players. That's the nice thing about having a team. This is a team. You play who's playing the best basketball, and for the second straight game, it was not Victor Locken. That's just my takeaway. No, 100%. It's a meritocracy over here at uh, UC Hoops, man. And um, it, it's nice to have the the option to play. We have three legitimate bigs, you know, Jameel Reynolds, um, Victor Locken, and Aziz, right? And I think where Wes sometimes gets in trouble is he's too loyal to his guys. We mentioned on the last one where he, he like, last game Victor had nothing. And we, we were playing him down the stretch in the, the most pivotal moments of the game. You got to read the room and see who's playing well in that game. And Victor Locken hasn't done it in the last couple of weeks. It, that could change down the line. But right now, I like the lineup that you just mentioned. And I also like, I, I think Jameel Reynolds, is a it, he had four points and three rebounds today, right? I love him as an option to come in. He's the biggest damn dude I've ever seen. Okay, straight up. The guy's massive. He can play with anybody. I like him coming off as a rotation guy. And Wes really just needs to figure out his lineup and what's working in the game. And he figured it out today. I mean, he had a couple lineups where I didn't love, but overall I think he did a great job. Let's go around the Big 12 and let's start kind of with the tiers. This is the most confusing thing I've seen in quite some time. The Big 12 Conference. Extremely confusing. You have the cream of the crop which can change day in and day out. But I think it's safe to say Houston, Kansas, Iowa State, and Baylor. Then you have teams that could be four seeds. They could be 11 seeds. They could be on the bubble. It'll be told over the next month and a half or so. You have no idea right now. Month and a half. Forget that. About a month and five days. We're getting close to the end of this thing, folks. Buckle up. But, yeah, those teams, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, TCU, BYU, um, pretty tough to say right now who are the best teams in this league. I think it's safe to say that West Virginia and Oklahoma State are kind of on that bottom tier. And even then, they can sneak up on beat some teams. Oklahoma State beat Kansas State today. We'll get into that in just a second. And then I think UCF's kind of on a tier below everyone, too. They'll win some home games here and there, but you don't expect UCF to win really any games on the road in this conference for the most part. Well, Chuck, regardless of what you think about UCF, uh, they're technically a quad one on the road. If we beat UCF, it's a quad one win. And that ain't going to be an easy task at all. I already DM'd Lenardi. I said, 
get us off the bubble right now, you dumbass, after this this win against Texas Tech. So he already Go back to your bunker, bunker boy. Yeah, he responded. He said, I apologize. You're 100% right. I just saw the end of the game. He goes, I'm bumping him up to about a six seed. So we're in good shape with Lenardi. But we have, I think, three schedule-wise. I know we're probably going to get into this, but we got we got Houston on Saturday. We are – I don't hate to – let's storm the court against Houston and Iowa State, win or lose. So we got, we got Houston at home on Saturday and then Iowa State – who is number 12 in the country. Houston just got the the break speed off them uh, at Kansas. Um, and then we got Iowa State and then UCF. So a lot of potential right now as far as if we play like we did tonight, we can win all, all those games right there. Running through the Big 12, number 22, BYU wins on the road at West Virginia, 86-73. Seemed like a score that Cincinnati should have had in that one, about a 13-point win. BYU handles business. Cincinnati takes down Texas Tech, 75-72. UCF with a little stunner at home over Oklahoma. A stunner to some, 74-63. The Knights take down the Sooners. Kansas demolishes Houston, 78-65. You don't mess with Kansas at the fog, folks. Oklahoma State, the upset of the day. They take down uh, a bubble watch team in Kansas State, 75-72. Does that help Cincinnati? Or does it hurt Cincinnati since they still have to play Kansas State? I think it helps them. Get some of these teams off the bubble. Texas 77, TCU 66. And the best game of the night, number 18, Baylor 70, number 12, Iowa State 68. When you look at the Big 12 and some of the tiers that I gave you earlier, is that fair? I, I would throw Texas Tech in there as well. I, I think Texas Tech is a good team. I, I think UC just matches up very well with them. Um, I mean, when you look at the standings, you got a tie right now, Iowa State, Kansas, Houston, and then Texas Tech is a half game back. Um, I think Kansas and Houston are the, the top teams in the conference, and Iowa State is is uh, dangerous. Like That's one of those teams that I watch like one of their games, and I immediately just go, that's a Final Four team. Like My bracket will just have Iowa State in the Final Four. Kind of like if you watch like a mid – I watched Wright State like a month ago, and I'm like – they're going to the Sweet 16 in my bracket. I watched one game, Sweet 16, those guys can shoot. Um, but, yeah, I think Houston, Kansas, Iowa State, and Tech are the, the cream of the crop. But then you got, which is just insane about this conference, then you got Baylor, TCU, BYU, Texas, Oklahoma that are below that. And Texas just had a great road win against TCU. So it's really, I mean, it almost doesn't matter what the hell we think. Like, like check in with me in three weeks, and then we'll see who really is the cream of the crop. 10 for 10 from the free throw line, man. That's a, that's a big – I know it's only 10 shots, but we needed all 10 of them, and we got to give credit because we've been shitting on them for not being able to make a free throw to save their lives. So that, that ended up coming up clutch for us. Some more Crean-isms that he had. He was coming hard at, at CMOS Lukosius. There was one play where CMOS didn't get his hand up, and Pop Isaacs was just like, oh, you're not going to put your hand up? Bang! Knocks down a quick three, and, and Tom Crean – essentially said through words that did not say this whatsoever. But my takeaway was he wouldn't be recruiting Seamus Lukosius with Tom Kareen. He would not be recruiting Victor Locken. He had some bad things to say about their games at times, but it was Seamus at the end of the day who, who saves this thing. And that's what's so unique about this Cincinnati team. We haven't really seen it in, I'd say, seven or eight years. Last time we saw a team like this was when Jacob Evans could go off one night, Troy Copain could go off another, 
Gary Clark could go off another. Kyle Washington could put up 15, 20 points. There were, you know, all those different guys in back-to-back years. Because even the other Cronin teams, for the most part, it was like three guys that would beat you consistently. You know, you weren't getting 18 from Gilon Gwen, Jermaine Sanders, or um, any of those guys. And then with Wes's last couple teams, it was Nolly, it was DeJulius, it was, you know, a couple of years of uh, Davenport lighting up the, the scorebook. But aside from that, you didn't have this roulette, as we were saying, where it's like CMOS can be bad for 15 straight minutes and then knock down the two biggest shots of the game. I think the most consistent players on this team, John Newman, seemingly day in and day out, you have to leave him on the floor at all times. Dan's been inconsistent in some games, but since Big 12 play started, take out Oklahoma, He's been pretty damn consistent. You got to leave him on the floor at all times. And then Aziz, man. The offense isn't there by any means. When we watched him last year against Utah Valley, it looked like he had some post moves. He was taking Victor and Odie to the shed. Not this year. He's not really taking many defenders to the shed, but he finishes the oop. You get him a good look down low. He's going to slam it home at all times, and he just grabs rebounds. 10-10 and for Aziz Bandego today. Who am I missing? Who are we missing on the shout-outs today? Who played well that I'm not giving credit to? Jizzle James. Jizzle James, man. We said at the beginning of the year, he's as talented as anyone on this team. Since Big 12 play has started, he's not been great. And there have been times where some of those fadeaways that he, that he tried earlier in the year and, and was sinking early in the year, he couldn't even get those plays off just because the length and the speed and the, the strength of other teams. But today, man, the turnaround was there, hit a big-time three, doesn't turn the ball over really ever, and that is why I say play him and Day-Day at the, the same time some more. I mean, more than one minute every two games. Play him. No, absolutely, and especially what we've been seeing from Victor Locken as of late. Um, Victor Locken just hasn't been there, and that, and like I said, that could change. But right now, no, Jizzle James, I think really the, the biggest detriment to him is that he doesn't get enough uh, time on the floor. It's really tough when you play a guy 10 minutes to get into a rhythm and start knocking down shots. But, like, he has clearly the potential and the athleticism to get, even when he can't get space, he does it with his body and that, that fadeaway jumper that I actually – the one thing that I question with him is when the three-point shot. It, it, I know he made – I think he made what? Did he make – yeah, he made one out of two tonight. But some of those shots that he shoots with – 55 they hit the rim hard, space. man. They hit he the just, rim it's hard. Like, it's like, oh, my yeah. God. You're like, you're, you're like, you think that you got hit by, like, a fucking bullet. You're like, oh, my God. Somebody just got knocked out. Um, that's the one thing I think you can improve on. But, no, I, I think just the more time we can give Jizzle uh, on the floor is going to just benefit us astronomically moving forward because he he's a player, dude. Him and, him and Day-Day at the same time, I think, is something that Wes is slowly starting to do. And we need to see more and more of it as the year progresses. And I think he's doing it. I wish it was at a faster pace, though. Up next for Cincinnati on Saturday, 4 o'clock, the Houston Cougars. We said after West Virginia that a loss like that is a big hit to your tournament hopes, specifically because they hadn't had one yet. But this team has big wins now. TCU at home is not bad. On the road at BYU, with the way BYU continues to win games, and hover around 500 in the Big 12, which is great. That's a big-time win. Central Florida, you'll you'll take that, you know? 
And then now you add in a road win at Texas Tech, your most impressive win of the season, a team that's fighting to potentially win this conference. You beat them on their home floor. Hell, I believe, man. Why not? It's been a minute since the Cats have stacked up to Houston, but they're inching a little bit closer, you know? The John Brandon teams, they'd lose by 60. The last game Brandon ever coached for Cincinnati, pretty sure he was in the tunnel with 15 seconds to go. Mike Adams-Woods looking around like, Coach! Coach, where are you? We need you. Come on, console us. We just lost by 70. And the Cats have lost by 70 many times to Houston. Obviously, hyperbole. It was more like 26. But they're not covering many spreads against this team. I think it might have been 70. It may have been. Last year, they kind of flipped the corner where it was like, all right, we you were still losing to this team, but we went up by like 10 on them and almost closed it out in Houston. I guess the tide is turning ever so slightly do the Bearcats have a chance in this game? Any reason to think that Cincinnati won't be only like two and a half or three point underdogs? If you don't think UC has a chance in this game, then you're a complete asshole because they have played every, they played Kansas on the road within five points. We just saw Houston get demolished on the road at Kansas. The one thing I won't do, this UC team has been a roller coaster, like we said. It's like you're on the Son of Beast almost. And it's up and down, up and down, and it's brutal sometimes to watch. But the one thing that They're they not don't shutting do it down, is though. They, they compete with every team. Like, they play up and down in their competition. I, I would be absolutely shocked if they got the doors blown off them against Houston. And, and especially watching how Houston could not handle – Hunter Dickinson and um, what's his name, the other big dude from Kansas, that I, I'm i starting to think that we need to dominate inside against them. And so I would really like to see Locken get back to form, blocking shots and, you know, being a rim protector. So I, I think we absolutely have potential to to beat Houston. And I don't know if it makes any sense to claim, even being a biased UC fan, to claim that UC can't beat anybody that we play. Because they've proven that they can do it if they make – any amount of shots and hit free throws, they can win games. And it's crazy because you called the Cats the Road Warriors, right? We're assassins on the road. We're coming for your dreams, folks. Lubbock, Texas, enjoy the Waffle House in Lubbock, Texas tonight. We're going to be partying in Cincinnati. Houdini's going to Bogarts tonight. Um, if Bogarts is still even around, he's going to the Mad Frog because um, we just want another road game. And to look back at Howard and how bad the Cats looked against Howard and then how bad they looked against Xavier – and then how atrocious they looked on a neutral floor. I thought, we're going to lose every damn road game in the Big 12. They turn around, they beat BYU. They look excellent against Baylor on the road. That may have been one of their better road performances of the year. Um, and then tonight, their best road performance of the year. And they hung around with Kansas on the road. Whereas Texas, team they should have beaten at home? Nope. Um, Oklahoma, team that doesn't look like anything special? Nope. So... They, they did lose to West Virginia. At the, at the end of the day, it's it's roll the freaking dice, man. I don't know what to expect. We said before this game the Cats are going to be the hungrier team because this was win or go home, man. And I know statistically speaking, they had a million chances for good wins. But in today's day and age, the committee loves a team that can beat good teams. They don't want a team that has one decent win in non-conference over Richmond and didn't do anything during their conference play. You know, won the games they were supposed to win, lost the games they were supposed to lose. No. They want a team for those 8-9 games or that 10-7 game that has shown they have the ability to beat other teams. 
Cincinnati's starting to pile those wins to the resume. You beat Houston at home. You beat Houston at home. And you know what we're doing, Houdini. You know we're what dancing. we're doing. This is my favorite ever, actually. Lewis, he's been awesome. Let's it fly. Ow! And we're going to overtime in Lexington. Ha-ha! That's got to be my favorite. Like, oh, Justin Dolman's on the ground in tears. Hey, can you tell the people right now while we have them? Because we got a, a, a crop of Bearcats fans in the chat room. Tell them about your AIM story with Justin Dolman back in the day, please. Oh, man, I'm getting put on the spot. Uh, statute of limitations, I think, are up. We found Justin Dolman's uh, AIM when I was like a, a fifth grader, and uh, we would we would just harass him all hours of the night. Uh, we just randomly just messaged him like, "What up, dumbass?" Like, "Hey, Justin, <laughs> hey, Justin, you you suck ass." And we'd all just like run away from the computer, and be like, "Oh my god, oh my god, do you think he knows? He, so he knows you. who we are?" Yeah. Oh yeah, he blocked us. We we get another screen name. We'd find him again. So Justin Dolman, if you're in the chat. I do apologize for my behavior about 14 years ago. That would make me 16. About 18 years ago, I was probably 12 or so when that happened. And listen, I apologize, but was I wrong, Justin? You guys whooped our ass. I had to do something to come back to you, okay? So shout out Justin Dolman. But the real story, Chuck, is you see another quad one W against Texas Tech on the road. We're in great shape, man. If we beat Houston, all bets are off. Final four. I've been tingling, man. I told you that I did the uh, the old 15 minutes of the sauna today, five minutes of the cold plunge, what your guy Patrick Coyne told us to do on the Chatter podcast. I did it, and I just I feel invigorated. I'm, I'm shaking a bit. I don't know if it's the hypothermia starting to kick in or if it's the fact that that finish was insane, and we finally got one. And in my mind, I was thinking the entire game, this is going to be another just disastrous post-game show where I'm talking about heartbreak, and then it's off to eat 15 pizza rolls and go to bed crying into my pillow. Not tonight, my friends! Victorious. Cats 15-7, and 4-5. and five. Schedule looks as such. Um, at Texas Tech, winners! Uh, it's Houston at home. It's Iowa State. It's at Central Florida. It's Oklahoma State. That's a four-game stretch. You'd love to have three of four there. I don't care who you take the three of four from. Even if you lose to Oklahoma State and take three of four, that means you pick up wins against Houston and Iowa State. You'll take that any way you cut it. Then it's at TCU, at Houston. Tough two-game stretch. Kansas State, at Oklahoma, West Virginia. There's no reason to think that Cincinnati can't win about 80% of these games with the way they played tonight, how consistent they've been in at least hanging out in these games all season long. I love it, Houdini. I love it, man. We have serious basketball February 3rd. First time since before the pandemic that Bearcats fans can warm up their hands, turn on a game late night, and get excited about something. Let's go, baby. You're 100% right, man. Especially the sun came out a little bit today in Cincinnati, man. It was uh, it was a good day. And the only thing that could have ruined it was UC blowing. I mean, because I, I really think they controlled the game throughout. Like, if they would have lost that game, it would have been a, a crime against humanity because they were the better team throughout. And thank God they finished it after that that Isaac's uh, bull, just bull crap three that he threw up. But he did like three of those today. 
Um, I thought we were screwed in the end, but uh, CMOS saved us. Um, it was great, man. I'm excited. Houston. I like when the Bearcats run. I don't like how the plays typically end. They should get some good looks in transition, but so many times they try to make the extra pass. There was one day they fired one cross court to CMOS, and it again hit that unlucky popcorn vendor in the first row. This team's not excellent in transition when they are really good. Dan Skillings is usually involved, man. There were a couple bloop passes over the top where Skillings gets it and finishes in transition. He's so smooth, man. I mean, you got to start giving Dan 32, 35 minutes a game and look at this guy as one of the best players on your team. I don't care if he's going Tony Bobbitt coming off the bench, but he's he's got to be one of your five that's out there when it's crunch time. If that means Victor Lockin is relegated to the bench, or is it delegated? Relegated? I'm going to go relegated to the bench. If Victor's relegated to the bench in way for Dan, I don't care. Play Dan Skillings more. Key takeaway from this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't give a hell who who starts at all. I, I, it's about who who's getting the majority of the minutes. Uh, Dan Skillings, I, I wish ESPN would figure it out and give me live updates of minutes because they won't show the minutes until, like, eight hours after the game. So, otherwise, we need, we need to tell Trace to up the budget and give us, like, a live update of all the minutes of these players. Because I always just have to do it by, like, feel. I'm like, I, I feel like Jizzle uh, played no minutes. I feel like Skillings. I was telling you this, Chuck. Coach K used to play guys 40 minutes a game. These dudes are they're 19, 20 years old. They can play 40 minutes of college basketball. I promise you. So you don't, you don't need to necessarily play, like, the, some other guy to sub him in to get a breather. Dan Skillings is an elite athlete. He could play 40, and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't, honestly. Him and a couple other guys on the team. Not 40. Just give, give him 40. 30. Give him 35. Give him 35. Chuck, give him 40. If we go to overtime, give him 50. Okay. I don't see why not. That would be double OT, but I get your point there. Um, exactly. That's the key takeaway from today, and that's what a lot of people are saying in the chat right now. For those of you who listen to the podcast in the morning, chat room saying Lockin needs to earn his minutes back. I don't know how you feel about that, Houdini. He's had a pretty large sample size of being one of the guys, if not the guy for this team. But in the last five games or so, it's shifted. I'm giving you the numbers. How many times do you think he's reached double figures in his last six without looking? Two. I think you probably knew this because I think two sounds about right. The answer's one. The answer's one. He scored 11 points against TCU, a game that went into overtime. So, Forget the overtime there. He hit a big three in overtime. He would have been in single digits that game, too. He had seven against Baylor. He had five against Oklahoma. He had seven against Kansas. He had zero against West Virginia. And he finishes with four points, four rebounds today. Um, Had a three-second violation. Backed down a couple times and got stripped for a jump ball, which was a turnover. There was one play where he threw one off the side of the backboard after a, a decent post move. It was not his night, to say the least. And I think Bearcats fans are fair in questioning whether he should earn his minutes back right now, despite what he's been the last two and a half years, which is one of the best players on this team and someone that needs to see the floor at all times. You have more players now. When people are out playing them, you got to play those people. No, I agree. And um, I mean, like I said, we kind of have a – riches as far as who we can put in instead of Victor Locken. I don't know if you want to, 
you know, shake up the locker room too much. I think you still start him and then read the room of how he's playing in that game and go from there. Um, because, like you said, he we, we've seen Victor Locken in this whole season. We've seen guys. We saw Seamoss uh, be absolutely atrocious for stretches. Truly awful. And you see a game like tonight, it's like we didn't have Seamoss. We're not winning the basketball game. So I'm not going to completely throw a guy under the bus, but I absolutely believe start to slowly drop some of the minutes of a guy's outplaying him, then he he takes a line share of the minutes. So I, I think he I think uh, right now Wes is kind of doing the right thing. He screwed up the against West Virginia, playing locking at the in the stretch for no apparent reason. But it seems like he's getting uh, a hold of you know the reins of the the rotation a little bit better as we move on. We got a few yeah. more minutes to go. Here's what we're gonna do. Everyone, there's four, 52 people on right now. Everyone, drop the most random Bearcats player you can think of. I'm gonna spit out rapid fire. You're not gonna be able to beat me, Houdini. You drop some too. This is gonna be like a rap album. In fact, we're gonna get some music in the background. Um, here we go. We're bringing it back, and this is what we're gonna do. We're going to start naming names. Everyone, drop them in the chat room. I'll start. We'll go back and forth. Meeker for three! Jihad Muhammad. Roy Bright from the elbow. Knocks it down. Kyle Washington. God, you're going way too new. Armin Kirkland. Step back. Oh, and he lost it off his foot. Nick Williams can't corral it. Game over. Field Williams. You're going with the basics, baby. Kareem Johnson down low. Passes to Steve Toiloy. Different eras. A time machine, folks. Tony Bobbitt. Give me Tony Bobbitt all done. Bobbitt for three. Let's see what we got in the chat room going on. Bobby Brannon. Oh, muscles down low. Emmanuel McElroy. That's a good one. Keith Legree. Oh, we got big Connor Barwin on the block. Not making sacks, but instead banging down low with Kyle Lowry. Uh, here's Sykes. a good one. As, on Marcus Sykes. Marcus Sykes. As Gruny Suleiman. I don't know if that was his name. He never really played. Abdul Herrera. Can I get you with a Hernal Hall? And Adam Rachanyuk. Oh, we're going with some of the big hitters here. Oh, beautiful. I think that's how we finish it, uh, for sure. We got a Darnell Burton in there. That'll do it. Um, thank you to everyone for joining the chat room tonight. Big W. Yeah, we got a week off. Coming in, man. We got a week off. It's get some fresh legs. It's heal up the ribs, John Newman. It's get that hamstring ready to go, CJ Frederick, because there is a very good chance we're going to see CJ in uniform against the Houston Cougars. And God bless. I never had any issue with Houston growing up. In fact, I can't name a single player that played for Houston from the year 2000 until like Rob Gray. Literally, that entire decade and a half. And they were in the Conference USA for quite a bit of it, and then in the American for quite a bit of it. Didn't know any of those guys, to say the least. But um, you know their guys now. I hate that They're team, not better man. than us, though. I, I hate them. I am so sick of Kelvin Sampson. He just mimicked Mick Cronin. He came in and said, look, we have no shot against this Cincinnati team unless we start playing like them. And he did it a little better than Mick. And now he's got one of the best teams in the country, a team that's a legit favorite to win the national championship, and Cincinnati welcomes them into Fifth Third Arena. That is on um, Saturday, February 10th at 4 p.m. Houdini, I know you were hitting the town before this. You came back to do a post-game show. That is dedication. Dedication to everyone in the chat room. One final time. Cheers. Bearcats 75, Texas Tech 72. 
Biggest win of the season for Cincinnati, joining the likes of BYU and TCU. Not a bad resume we're working with right now, Houdini. Keep it rolling. On to Houston. 